Hello and welcome to the Neil and Amy podcast. This series of episodes is called Wayfinder. Why? Because this world, the people in it and the pressures of it can jack you up and they can cause you to lose your way. Next thing you know, you're overweight, unmotivated, frustrated with the relationships around you. Your life shattered in pieces and you're watching episodes of Dr. Phil and Jerry Springer just to feel normal again. This show is about helping people find joy in the middle of challenges because life is too short to live miserable. Okay, today we're talking about the hands down most important thing, absolutely the most important thing that you could ever do with your life, your time, your energy. This is it, people. I'm telling you, this is truly it. It really is. This is way more important than working out. It's way more important than reading self-help books. It's way more important. And I like both of those things way more important than spending time with the ones that you love that it's this is the most important thing we're talking about sitting with the spirit of god every single day now i can tell you i don't bat 100 on that I, there's there there are days where distractions happen but we got to swat the distractions and we've got to get ourselves positioned to win. And if you want to win, this is how you do it. I'm, I'm going to try to convince you in the next 30 minutes, this is how you do it. But before we hit the how, we need to get the why. Why? Because, well, you're going to make excuses for all the reasons you just can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't take the time. There's just too much going on in my life. I am too tired. My life is so hard. People are so mean to me. Whatever. I, whatever. Like, you suck it up. Like, you got to quit with all that nonsense. The, it is ridiculous when you put in perspective the excuses that you and I make for not doing the most important thing. It's... It's asinine. It's it's literally silly. It makes me sad. It should make us sick. There's just it's just not good making excuses because you've got to get so deep down inside you why this is important. Because if you don't get the why, you're not gonna want to do the what, and then you're just gonna be having all of your butts and your excuses and all of those things. You're gonna be saying all kinds of things that are gonna keep you distracted, they're gonna keep you frustrated, that are gonna keep you stuck where you are. And I know if you have any ambition inside you whatsoever, you do not want to backslide. You don't want to, to flow the wrong direction. You don't wanna go backwards in your life. You wanna move in the direction of your calling. Yes, your calling. Like somebody out there in the distance the somebody's not just anybody. The somebody is the creator of all things. And he sits out in the distance and he's literally calling you forward. He's saying, follow me. Listen to my voice. Walk closely with me. You have a purpose. I didn't just create you to be on this earth, to be a do-nothing, go-nowhere deadbeat. That's not your calling. Your calling is to love. Your calling is to life. Your calling is to joy. Your calling is to all of these good things. And in order to live in the fullness of your calling, you've got to learn from the teacher, the creator, the one who literally knows you inside and out. He knows every detail. He knows how many hairs are on your head. And he numbered the actual hairs. He's like, well, that hair, that's number one. Number two, 
oh, he's about 40 years old. Yep, well, we lost number one today, but we still have number two, three, and four. So we got to start with this. It's so important. In order for you to find your call, to make your life count, to shake off the wandering and the, and the wondering and all the aimlessness, and to live in the fruit of the Spirit, you've got to become a tracker. You've got to become somebody who is so intentioned and so purposed to hear what it is that God has, what he's saying, and then to take action steps in what it is that he's calling you to do. Because when he speaks, there's something connected to that. When he says what he says, you've, you've got to take your step in accordance with what he says. That's how we get traction. That's how trackers stay on track. That's how we get out of the ditch because the wisdom of the, of the wise, it keeps life on track. That word wise in the, in the Greek context, it's the word sophos. I don't know if I'm saying that perfectly, but S-O-P-H-O-S. And what that means is the wise man knows how to navigate his life according to what the movements of the heavens are doing. And I can tell you, heaven is seeking to move in your life. And you've got to have wisdom to look and to see and go, that is where heaven's moving. Therefore, that's where I'm going to go because you want to move in the direction of heaven. Because if you're not going in the direction of heaven, then what direction are you going? You're, you're moving away from goodness, away from perfection. You're moving toward H-E double hockey sticks, right? You're moving, you're moving toward the the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, when you're moving away from heaven, that means you're moving toward hell. And I can tell you, hell is the ultimate place of misery, but many people live hell on earth because they don't move toward heaven. And the reason why is because they get stuck and they get distracted and they get lured away and they get tempted and they get caught into all kinds of sin and struggle. And, and the sin seems good in the moment and I'm not trying to look cramp your style right now. I'm just simply saying you can either keep chewing on the bone that you're chewing on or you can eat a steak. And the best way to get a dog off a bone is to give him a steak. So quit eating the stuff that doesn't have any meat on it. That's that thing that you are caught perpetually in, whatever it may be. And if you know me, you know I've been caught in many different things. Whatever it is that you are caught in, it's the thing that's winning. It's the thing that's your master. And if that master is not God, literally the living God, the spirit of God, then it is a lesser God. It's, it's one that's going to make you miserable. And the further we move toward hell, the more miserable we are. And ultimately, if we don't turn toward, toward Jesus, move in the direction we're called to, learn to follow after him, then what ends up happening is for all of eternity, we live in misery. Or for all of eternity, we live in euphoric, like love and joy and peace. It is a no-brainer, and you know it's a no-brainer. So how can you be caught in such a delusion to think that this one thing is not the most important thing? That's why I'm pitching it so hard right now. It is the most important thing. Trackers are not slackers. When you slack, you get off track. We smack the slack. We stay on track. We're trackers, not slackers. There's three different teachings that correspond to this. And, and the idea of being a tracker 
It's one who listens intently to the whispers of the Holy Spirit and then takes action according to what they hear the Spirit of God like saying and doing. And so we either drift or we stay on track. And there are three teaching. We call them the tracker key three teachings. This is teaching number one. It's about spirit time. It's gonna, it's, I believe it's going to be life-changing as you implement it. There's teaching number two, it's checkpoints. It's about one degree course corrections. And teaching number three, it's track crew. And it's about one another. It's about having people around you. But I, I assure you that the most important of these three teachings is this one. It's spirit time. It's about how one thing can change everything. And so why would you take the time to sit with the spirit every single day? Why would you take that time? What does that even mean, sit with the spirit? Well, when you learn what it means and you learn how to plug in, you learn how to connect, you learn how to hear the voice, you learn how to be close, it is, and you're going to hear this over and over again, sitting with the spirit is the one thing that changes everything. There's no other thing more important than this. You got to remember, this isn't just you, but it is you. You have priority problems. Your priorities are mixed up. And Satan himself, he's intentional about mixing up your priorities. He wants you scrambled. He wants you disordered. He wants you to live in a chaotic mess. He wants to cramp your style. He wants to put all kinds of things in front of you to detour you from the course that you're called to be on. But here's the thing, God knows that, he sees that. And sometimes he even allows that to happen so that you can get to a certain space where you realize that there cannot be anything, no other thing, that comes before your love for for God, for Jesus, and for his spirit. No other thing can come before that. Because if anything comes before that, you are disordered. Isn't Isn't it a strange thought to think the one that made you, created you, planted you here in this in this beautiful earth is not the one that you actually give your most love to? He's the one that gave you anything you have. And some of you are like, well, I don't have much. I wasn't given a very good life. I wasn't. Maybe you did compared to other people get the short end of the stick. But I'll tell you what, that doesn't change the amount of love that you actually have. It doesn't change who it is that you're called to be. You have the opportunity to overcome obstacles and to put first things first. It says in Matthew, it says, uh, 633, it says, seek first, seek first, seek first. You know, you're worried about so many things. Stop worrying about all of those things and seek first. And when you do, you're not going to have to worry so much about all this stuff because there's going to be, there's going to be one who, because you're ordered properly, is going to handle things for you. Now, I, I'm not super big on the Ten Commandments, just so you know that it's I'm big on grace, I'm big on love, I'm big on all those things. But the Ten Commandments are still the Ten Commandments. And you know the very first commandment, it says, this this is it, there shall be no other gods before me. That's what he says. The very 
first commandment. He was trying to keep us on course from the very beginning. And then he added some other ones like, hey, you probably shouldn't steal. Probably shouldn't try to hook up with your neighbor's wife. You probably shouldn't try to do all these different things. Here's your commandments. No other God before me. Start here. That's square one. That's the basics. But we miss that. And then we get all frustrated because, man, my life, it's just going to hell in a handbasket. Well, if you were handed a short end of the stick, I would almost guarantee you that either your parents or your grandparents or somebody before you was seriously off track, made some seriously bad moves, and you got handed the the short end of the stick because they didn't put first things first. See, you're blaming them, and it, it could be them. But what you're not doing while blaming them is putting your life in order according to what it ought to be. And when you choose to do that, then everything kind of just drops into alignment. All of a sudden, the flow begins to happen. Things begin to fall into place because the, the head, the beginning, the starting point, it is in order. So he's trying to give them a formula back in the Old Testament but we broke that. And because we broke that one, we just started breaking all the rest of them too. So I'm, I'm pitching your why right now. Remember, pitching your why so that when we get to the what, you're not going to be like, oh, I just don't have time for that. No, when you, when you make your why big enough, your what becomes easy. If, if somebody said, if you don't figure out how to get over this mountain in the next 30 minutes, or your children are no longer going to be alive, I would figure out how to get over that mountain in the next 30 minutes. I don't know how, but the why is big enough that I'll do whatever it takes. Same thing. So I want you to, to kind of drop into some thinking here. I think I'm spelling out the why, making a big case for the why. You know that you become like those you hang out with. You become that, like... You become like who you hang with. And you want to level up who you hang with. You, you want to hang with the very best people that you possibly can because eventually you're going to gravitate in that direction. This was the case with, with, uh, with this scripture in Acts 4.13. So people were looking on at, um, at this guy named Peter and this guy named John and, and this is after Jesus had already gone into heaven. They're looking at Peter and John, and they're like, who are these guys? They're not educated. They don't have any training. They, you know, they, how are they so dang good at what they're doing? How are they so cool? How are they so attractive? How are they all of these things? And it says that what the onlookers realized, Acts 4.13, is that these uneducated and these untrained men, they were blown away, and they began to recognize Oh, you know what? Those two men, Peter and John, they spent a lot of time with Jesus. That's it. They spent a lot of time with Jesus. And that trumped the education. It trumped the training of men. It trumped going to school. It is a school in and of itself. And it's it's literally accessible. It's available to you and I. A song I love is called Boldly I Approach the Throne. It's written by a group called Wren Collective. And what, what the, the meaning of the song is, is that there's this throne. The, the creator of all things sits on this throne. And then the invitation is out for me, uh, a broken, sinful, 
hurting, and lame man to enter into the throne room and sit in the presence of perfection. And and that invitation is there. Like, I'm being invited and you're being invited to literally hang with Jesus. It's an invitation to chill, right? It's an invitation to be present. But what's so crazy is so many people do not accept this beautiful invitation. We don't take him up on his offer. Isn't it insane? Like, we're invited to this beautiful feast to, to be in the presence of all wisdom, to be in the presence of every good thing, to know every secret and mystery. It's right at our fingertips and our disposal, but we decide not to. And instead, we're going to go hang with Johnny, you know, down at the local uh, whatever. At the, come on. Like, there's a way better way. You just, you got to accept the invite. You've got, there is an expiration date on your invitation. If you don't RSVP by, you've got to accept this invitation. There's this passage that's back in, in uh, it's in the New Testament where it talks about, you know, the, the owner, the master, he's, he's going out and he's inviting all these people like, hey, go to my friends, go to my family, tell them I'm throwing this big feast, invite them here. You know, it's going to be a great time. And so they go, you know, the, the people go out, they drop off the invitations. They say, hey, this is when you got to be there. There's this great invitation. It's going to be this great party. And the people respond with, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it this time because I'm really working on my business or I think I'm, I'm, I would rather just, you know, hang out over here, get a little downtime with the missus, you know, um, I'm going to just chill today, have a glass of wine, watch some Netflix and stuff. Come on. So what, what the master does, he's like, the people come back and they report to him and they're like, Hey, there's this invitation and in the like, but they don't want to accept it. They would rather Netflix and chill. What? So the master's like, well, he's scratching his head. He's like, they, they have no idea what they're going to miss. <laughs> Are you sure? And they're like, yeah, we're sure. We pretty much begged them to come see you and be a part of this party, but they wouldn't do it. And so, so he's like, well, free. all right. Well, go out and just like, Stand on the streets and just say to like every beat down person, hey, you want to come to a party? Because it's going to be off the hook and all of the dude's friends don't even want to come. And we're talking like top shelf wine here. We're talking the good stuff. Like you should come to this party. It's going to be incredible. And so he filled the room, but he filled the room with the lame, with the beggars, with the hurting, with the broken. He filled the room with all those people because the ones who had it all together and were just going to kick back, you know, Netflix, chill, Hulu, do you, whoa, whoa, yeah. All that, he just, he, they wanted to do their own thing and they were going to miss the one thing that was going to change everything simply because they would not accept the invitation. This last year, we wrote a book called Wayfinder. And in that book, it documents the process for life change, but it's, not life change by our own power. It's life change by his power, his power, the spirit's power, not our power. So I know without a doubt, there are things in every person's life that they definitely want to change, but we just don't always have the ability to, we get stuck. We get caught in struggles. We get caught in sadness. We get caught in misery. And then we mask it and we 
overconsume and we do all these other things in order to kind of like cope with our pain. But what the invitation is, is, hey, we're going to set all that stuff aside. See, the Spirit of God, He actually wants to heal our pain. He, he wants to change us for us so that we don't have to struggle to try to change ourselves. That's why the one thing that changes everything is sitting with the Spirit every single day. I believe that, that God does give us more than we can handle. People say all the time, well, God won't give you more than you can handle. I don't agree with that. I believe that it's pretty clear that God does give us more than we can handle in order that we can decide that we aren't going to handle it. We're going to let him handle it. And so you get caught in addictions, and you get caught in dysfunctions, and you get caught in depression, and you get caught in all these kinds of things because you are stuck. You're literally like in the scripture says miry clay. It's like you're caught in a snare, like you, like you got bear trapped, you're stuck. You can't, you're in quicksand, you can't move. You don't have any traction. You can't move forward. You're stuck and you, you need a rescue. You need some, someone to come along to lift you out of, of the miry clay. You can't break the struggle, the misery, the pain, the sadness. You can't do it on your own. And you've been trying and you've been trying and you've been trying. And finally, as a last resort, you decide to take God up on his offer. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. See, you've been doing that a lot. I've done that a lot. And I've been broken of doing that. And each day I have to remind myself, wait a second, I cannot lean on my own understanding. It says, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. See, there's liberation, freedom, liberty, Sitting with the Spirit frees you from the rules of religion. When you sit with the Spirit every day, you literally position yourself to be taught by the Master, the Creator of all things. You don't need formal training to do this. You simply need the discipline of sitting quietly with the teacher. You need to elevate your motivation. You need to somehow find motivation for this. It's an interesting thought. Because it takes tenacity, it takes discipline, it, it takes this, this incredible desire to, 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 to break through. I don't know if you're someone who's worked out you know, or not, but most of the time when you haven't done something, you don't have a lot of motivation to go like lift weights or run because it hurts, it's hard, it's a struggle. But once you get in the rhythm and, and the pace of it, it becomes a good thing. But to get started, it's tough. That's why we say start small, but start now. Like today's the day to get going. Today's the day to, to actually make something like this happen. So, so it takes these characteristics. See, trackers, trackers, which are learners, they're they're some would call disciples or followers, they're listeners. Trackers have these fundamental characteristics. 
And you, you need these fundamental characteristics in order to be able to accomplish what it is that we're talking about. Number one, you need hunger. You need diligence. You need to be hungry. When you're hungry, you're going to figure out how to eat. Because if not, you're going to die. And that's how critical this is. You got to get hungry and you got to get diligent. You got to knock, 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 knock on the door. You've got to decide that he has the answers and he's on the other side of that door and you're going to get so hungry and you're going to knock so hard and so diligently that he's going to answer the door and he's going he's gonna to give you what it is that you need. And I tell you what, God himself, he wants to do that. There's a passage that says, it says that, paraphrased, that, uh, that when you ask for something good from your father who is in heaven, that he generously gives it to you. It says he would generously give you the Holy Spirit. It says you know how to give good gifts to your kids. If your kid asks you for a loaf of bread, you probably don't give him a rock. And if he asks you for a toy, you probably don't give him a rattlesnake. Right? That wouldn't be good parenting. Well, if you know how to be good to your kids, then he really knows how to be good to his kids. And so by asking, being diligent, then he begins to provide the answers that you need. Those are fundamental characteristics. Two other fundamental characteristics, training and practice. You've got to be willing to practice and train. Practice and train. Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. You Practice makes perfect. Discipline, training, showing up every day, it gets you better. Next set of characteristics, you got to have perseverance. You got to be able to push through the barriers of resistance. You got to have patience because there's a it's a long process. It's a long process, right? These are key characteristics. I like to say in the day, it's very critical that you do the hard things first. What? Do the hard things first. I like to save the hard things for last. I like to do the easy things first. Well, when you do the easy things first, you fill up your day and you spend your energy on the things that are easy. And then when it comes to the things that are hard, you, you don't have any energy for them. And so then you say things like, well, I'm going to do them tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I don't think frogs are all that cute. And, and when they're alive, right, and they come out of the water. And when I was a kid, my grandpa had this pond, these big old bullfrogs would come out of it. And they were huge. They were big. They were gross. Some people eat frog legs. I'm not into it, right? I would definitely not eat a raw frog or a live frog. <laughs> Very similarly, we say a term. We say every single day, do the hard thing first. That means if you have to eat the frog to get where you're called to go, it, if that's the thing you've got to get through in order to, to actually accomplish, if that's the what that's going to get you to the why, then eat the frog, <laughs> Your life is worth it. Your children are worth it. Eat the frog. The first thing you've got to do every day is eat the frog. You know, do the work. Sit with the spirit. Listen. Give him time before you even have food. Like, don't fill your belly with other things until you fill your, your heart and your spirit with him. That's how important this should be. Sitting with the spirit's more important than food. We also say it like this. It's like you got to have, you got to put the big rocks in. You know, when you, when you put the big rocks in the bucket first, 
then you can fill it in with all the other little things. The big rocks have to go in the bucket first. It's magical, actually, because when you put all the little rocks in the bucket, it kind of takes up all that room, then try to throw the big rocks in, and then the lid doesn't fit on the bucket. And some of you, you like blowing your top, right? You, your lid doesn't fit. Well, what you have to do is you have to reverse the order. Start putting the, the big rocks in before you put the little rocks in. When you put the big rocks in, and then you put the little rocks in, and there's a little shaking that happens, and then you just put that lid on, and now you, you've actually, you've, you've accomplished, you, you've, you're full, you're completely full, and the most important things are done first. I also like this statement, and then I'm going to move on to the practicals. This one's a head spinner. If you, if you do before you get it what you would if you had it, it won't be long until you get it. Do you get it? I'm going to tell you that one more time. If you do before you get it what you would if you had it, it won't be long until you get it. Do you get it? I'll give you simple examples. Um, if you don't want to have a belly, a big old belly, We'll call it a beer belly. Well, then, if you do before you get it what you would if you had it. So you wouldn't have a beer belly if you didn't drink beer. And so then you don't drink beer, and eventually you don't have a beer belly, right? You did before you got it what you would if you had it. And it won't be long until you get it. Same thing, let's say, with marriage. You, you have a, a rocky marriage. Well, that's because you don't take the time and invest as you should in, in your relationship. And so... Begin to invest in your relationship as if it were the way your relationship would be if it were perfect. Invest in it that way, and eventually you'll start gravitating over to that relationship that you're looking for, but you've got to start by doing before you get it what you would if you had it. Same thing as it applies to sitting with the Spirit. If you want to beautiful relationship with God, if you want to hear his voice, if you want to wake up singing like Cinderella to the birds, right? If you want to dance in the midst of opposition, even when the wicked stepmother and the stepsisters are telling you everything that you ought not to be and all of those things and, and, and making you mop the floors and ripping your dress, right? If you want to be the person that, that is full of life and joy, then you sit with the Spirit. You do before you get it. While you're miserable, while you're stuck, you sit with the Spirit and you say, you're the only answer for me. You're the one thing that changes everything. You're the one thing I need. And through this one thing, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. I'm trusting in you, Lord, with all of my heart. I am not leaning on my own understanding. In every single way, I'm, an, I'm acknowledging you. And I believe you will make my path straight telling you, you can't knock it until you've tried it. And I don't mean tried it once. I mean, try it again and again and again and again. Day after day, breakthrough will happen. Because when you seek him and you knock intentionally, he'll answer the door and your life will change. Let me lay down some practicals here. Okay, so that's the big old why. I just gave you one big old why. Now you're going to get some very specific what's. This is what. This is how. You can also, you can check this out in all kinds of different ways. The, the book Wayfinder has this documented. 
um, sitwiththespirit.com, documented. This is free resources to help you live life on track. So here's practicals of this practice of sitting with the Spirit. Number one, get into a quiet space away from hurry, crowds, and excessive noise. Number two, bring your Bible, bring your reading plan. Number three, bring a journal and something to write with. Computers and phones totally work as long as you don't get distracted by all the notifications popping up. Number four, meditate for a minute. Before you even start jumping in, begin to meditate on how big the creator actually is on how big the universe is, start to get a picture in your mind. What this is going to do is this is going to help you put you in your place, which is small, and him in his place, which is really big. Fifth thing is you're going to become small in your own eyes. See, he has to become big and you have to become small. And so you invite the spirit to instruct you once you've really made him big and you've become small in your own eyes. And that puts you in a position of humility where you can make yourself available to be instructed, to be corrected. So you don't know everything. And so you need the creator of all things to correct you so that you can be on the right course. And you want to be transformed by the one who made you. And then at that point, once you've got yourself in that mental position of humility, then you open your Bible and you slowly read the words, paying careful attention to the details. You don't rush through it. You take your time. You listen intently because the creator's trying to talk to you. Number seven, you, you, when you feel as if something's become clear or it's been impressed on you, you write it down. You jot down what you believe the Spirit's speaking to you. Writing it down is a critical step, and I think so often people miss this step. They don't want to take the extra time, but when you read something, there's like an internal processing. But when you write something down, it actually solidifies what it is that you're being taught. And it begins to give you language behind what it is that you believe God is speaking to you. So don't skip this step. Just so you know, there is another teaching specifically on this process on just how it is to, to actually write, like to go through the writing process once you've read. That's a critical piece for you to pick up as well. There's a couple more steps that you got to walk out. You could re-listen to this over and over until you get it in your mind. You have to make up your mind about something. This is step number eight. You have to make up your mind that you're going to be different because of what you've just been shown by the Spirit. And if there's anything that you need to change, then you just begin to step in that direction of change, even though you may stumble, even though you may not be able to do it perfectly, even though it may feel like you have absolutely no strength whatsoever, you begin to take a step. Then I believe you experience what we call the traction effect. It's, it's like one step gives you enough energy to maybe take another step and another step and another step. The next thing you know, you move from barely crawling to walking, from walking to running. And the next thing after that, soaring on wings like eagles, y'all. Verse nine, or not verse nine, uh, number nine, take a few minutes after you have processed, you've read, you've written, you, you've decided how you're going to step forward. Take a few minutes to pray. Thank God. Be grateful for what he's doing in your life. 
Ask for his presence to guide you. Finally, as you're taking your steps, do your best not to rely on your own understanding, power, ability to change. Lean into his power and not yours. And all you got to do is just repeat this process every single day. Eventually, everything in your life will start to kind of move in a, in a direction that is strong and momentum will start to happen. See, the Spirit, He loves you. He's not worried. He's not freaking out. He isn't rushing around trying to make things happen. See, the Spirit, He's not full of hatred. He's not full of revenge or rage. He doesn't have all those nasty emotions like you and I do. In fact, He's the exact opposite. He's full of love, and joy, and peace. He's patient. He's full of kindness, right? He's all, all these things. He's a warrior, though, and he'll battle for you. He's devoted to you. He sees clearly. He's powerful. He's humble. He's an absolute butt kicker. He's the creator of you and the world. These are just a few things that he is, and the list can just go on and on about all the amazing things that happen when you spend quality time. He begins to transfer who he is, full of love and joy and peace, and he begins to transfer them to you because you become like the one you spend the most time with. So you want to spend time. You want to sit with the Spirit. You want to sit with Jesus. You want to be like Peter and John. And you want people to look on your life and go, wow, I don't know what's going on there. But I can tell you, that's pretty amazing. And your answer should be, it's because I sit with the Spirit every single day. Your life will change. You'll be filled with the fruit. You'll be a better husband, better person, better boss, better employee, better baller. It's the key to life. For many, it's the gold mine they never choose to actually access. It's the fountain of life. It's our greatest resource. Approach every moment of sitting with the spirit like an Indian tracker, listening. Hush the hurry, the crowds, the noise. Listen to the whisper of the one who knows the way. It's the one thing that changes everything. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you for this listener, this tracker, this heartfelt moment where you're bringing eye-opening freedom to this, to this soul that you love so much. You've called them. you positioned them. Help them not to neglect their calling but to step forward, to sit and listen, to receive from you and fill them with joy. There are all kinds of things that swirl about us that keep us distracted. I pray that this tracker would not be distracted, that this tracker would know how to hush the noise, listen in, zone into what it is that you're speaking, then move forward diligently with what it is that you've said. I pray blessing over them, all those they love, and the path they're supposed to be on may it be the path they step each day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want any more of this type of training, tracker training, coaching from us, um, for the you've got a journey in front of you, you can go to uh, neilandamy.com. There's a little spot there that says need help. You can click on that if you want to. 
Um, we have all kinds of resources that are out there for you. Many of them are free. One of the ones I'm most excited about, though, is our tracker community. It is a small cost, and it is truly a small cost. It's $9.11 per month because it's an absolute 911 urgent mission that God's called you to. So smack the slack, swat the flies, move in his direction, listen to his calling. Anyway, you can check that out at neilandamy.com and hope to see and talk to you soon.